What's up, Real Champs Podcast listeners? It's been forever, and I know I say this every single freaking time, but it has been forever because Hassan started a new semester in school. I've started grad school, uh, so we've been insanely busy. Hassan's been doing Hassan things. I've been doing Mushtaq things, so it's been a madhouse for both of us. I, I feel like we've essentially avoided like kind of the worst part of the season in doing that, so I promise you guys it's not a cop-out in any way whatsoever. Uh, we've just been busy. Anyway, uh, let's forget the chit-chat. Obviously, it's me, Mushtaq, the host and contributor to The Real Champs. You can follow me at mnizambin7, and it's Hassan Kareem, the, if you haven't heard or don't know yet, the new co-editor of The Real Champs at Hus Kareem. Is that it? I feel like I got it At the Hus Kareem. <laughs> All right. Oh, plug me properly, man. If you're going to plug me, plug me properly. <laughs> okay. It's literally been a minute. Don't start taking the piss out of me already, okay? Anyways, let's talk Real Madrid. Uh, of course, it is January. Today is the 25th. That means there's six days left in the transfer window. Uh, where January is a weird month, I guess, because it feels like it's four and a half weeks, but it's not. I don't know how to explain it. Anyway, I guess six days left. That's crazy. Yeah, so essentially just under a week. Uh, we've had one signing. His name's Brahim Diaz. He was a Manchester City. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Is uh, he's very, he's very ambiguous at this point. He's a kid who has a lot of potential. I think that's kind of going to be a theme of this podcast is potential and just how life yeah. is really 50-50. Like, you know, he can either be a wonderful signing or it's all just going to go down the toilet. What do you think? I mean, we only pay 15 million euros for him, so it's, it's, it's a pretty much like not too much of a big investment. So it can't be too too bad if he does go. So, if he, you know, I've got, I got to hope that he doesn't, but uh, if it doesn't go to plan, it's not the biggest loss in the world. Well, Brahim Diaz came in as a striker. Now, earlier in the season, he essentially told Manchester City that he doesn't want to renew his contract because he knew there are other teams kind of lurking around and obviously want to purchase him for his services. Uh, obviously, he's here at Real Madrid now. Uh, the thing is, is he came in kind of to fill that void between Karim Benzema and what Mariano Diaz wasn't doing because... I feel like he's been injured for the better part of the season. And when he was healthy, he wasn't getting minutes. But now we have this young kid, and it's kind of like, where does he fit in anyway? Uh, it's a bit of an odd situation. It is strange, but I don't quite... I mean, I know he's a bit more of an attacking midfielder than a striker, to be honest. Um, but again, I don't, I don't understand his logic behind his transfer. Again, I'm not knocking the kid for wanting to play for Real Madrid. Fantastic, but... You've left Manchester City where it's competitive. And you've gone to Real Madrid where it's still semi-competitive. Like I know the squad's not been performing to the best of its abilities, but it's not like you've stepped from a big club to a slightly smaller club. You've gone from big club to even bigger club. I mean, Lucas Vasquez is always going to get the start ahead of you. So, I mean, it's not, not like... just that. I think there's Asensio in the mix because when he's fit, you've got Vinicius in the mix when he's you know, kicking and you've got Bale to come back or is near enough coming back. Um, I was just going to say Isco, but let's be honest, that's not really going to happen. Um, Disrespect. Yeah, there's just... And you've got Christo as well as lurking about somewhere. Yeah, so you essentially have a whole bunch of other people who are either injured, getting back from injury, uh, who aren't playing because Solari is a bit of a weirdo. Uh, and then you have Academy products ahead of you, all in the packing order. So he is 
far down the pecking order. Morata and Kovacic thought they were far down the pecking order. This kid is literally picking up the water bottles after a training session. He is far down the pecking order. And again, no one's trying to knock him. Just seems like a weird purchase. But enough of that. I think we spent two minutes on this kid. Uh, and we haven't even seen him play for two minutes. <laughs> um, okay, so we've done nothing else in the transfer window, unfortunately. There's a lot. We'll do some Q&A from Twitter, which is awesome. So thank you guys who asked questions. Uh, we'll answer some of those questions relating to transfer window. Let's jump into our last fixture. I don't know why I botched that so hard. And our next fixture. So our last fixture was, I still keep screwing it up, was yesterday against Girona. That was a 4-2 game. I didn't get to watch a lot of it. I didn't really get to watch much of it because I was working uh, at a basketball game. In any case, and our next game is this Sunday against Espanyol. Hassan, you did watch the Copa del Rey game. Of course, that is the first leg, which was played at home. Seven minutes in, Girona scored. What were you thinking at that point? I was just like, for God's sake, here we go again. Like This is exactly what this game's going to be, isn't it? We're just going to be all over the place from top to bottom, topsy-turvy, falling over each other's feet. And I was like, it's, it was literally the prototypical attack that always fells us this season as well. Marcelo's left a massive gap. Ramos has been dragged across the box and it's left Lozano wide open to tap in from across the, from across the field. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be one of those, isn't it? But to be fair, they responded really well for the rest of the game. Really, really well. Uh, I don't think they equalised not too long after. Odrio Zola was ridiculously good this game. Uh, I don't know if you saw much of the highlights, man, but Odrio Zola was just—he was just galloping up and down that right, that right flank, just like a stallion, continually back and forth. It was—it was so good to see. Spanish stallion. Uh, of course, like you said, it was a great effort in the comeback. Of course, going down one, one nil. I'm looking at the scores popping up on my phone via ESPN, and I'm just thinking to myself, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Just so anything, things are starting to get better is just tanking all over again. And it kind of reminds you of, you know, last year against Leganes in the Copa del Rey, some earlier fixtures we had in La Liga this season. And it's just all those bad memories start coming back. And if you're one of the players, it's even harder. Like, you can only imagine what they're thinking. If you're a player on the pitch thinking, oh, damn, like, We've seen this before. Is it going to happen to us again? But thankfully, it was a great performance. One person, I did do some reading up on the on the match. One person who stood out again uh, and did well and is doing better than expected. I uh, don't think he'll meet my mark that I made at the beginning of the season of 30 goals. But Kareem Benzema and Vinicius Jr. are showing a really interesting link up, almost at times telepathic. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to watch them uh, go about, you know, their connection. Particularly, this, it wasn't just those two on the field. Sabaros was also really linking in with those two really well. That left side was really uh, the, the central of the attack for a lot of the first half. But yeah, Benzema's really starting to uh, come into his own at the moment. I must admit, I'm so, somewhat eating my words after pretty much battering him all summer. Oh, well, um, you're happy Sabaros is doing so well because since last season, you were a huge fan of his. I said I said it since last year. I said this guy's going to come into his own, and when he does, everyone's going to worship him. Well, and lo and behold, they are. To be honest, worshiping him. But speaking of worshiping people, one person who's really like just gotten really back into the into the stride of things after a super long season last year, and then a very long summer with his oh. World Cup run all the way into the final. Of course, you know who I'm oh. talking about. It is Luka Modric. 
Now, it wasn't a game against Girona, but it was a game before that. Wow. That was, like, to me, that was just like seeing Luca, like vintage Luca, back at it. It's like he just cranked back time, you know, just one season ago and just bossed it through the midfield. And then, of course, scored himself a brilliant goal as well. Yeah, no, he was very good in the previous game. Also against uh, Hirona, he was very good as well. Uh, he's, he's finally starting to show, like, he's recovered from the, the you know, the rigors of the World Cup. And just at the right time of the season, really, he was he was really all over the place yesterday, just top to bottom, take, sticking legs in, breaking up play, as well as starting attacks and all sorts. He was, he was fantastic yesterday and the game before, as you mentioned. Now, now you did say it seems like he's finally picking back up and he's recuperated from the World Cup, finally. Does this seem to kind of follow the like the theme or the storyline that we've seen with Real Madrid over the past couple of seasons where it's been you know, a great start, the first few games, everything's wonderful. You're thinking, oh my gosh, yes, here we go. We're going to dominate this season. Top of the table all throughout, every week, till the end, we're going to win a La Liga. And then just about four or five games in, everything just starts to drop off. The marbles are all over the floor. And then it doesn't come back until after the winter break and Christmas holidays and all of that stuff. Do you think we're going into the same pattern where this may be too little too late? Or do you think Real Madrid can still pull this off? I don't think we can pull it off, to be honest. I think it's going to be hard to win La Liga from here. But I'd say go gung-ho on the Copa del Rey, to be honest. I think if you're going to pull any solace from how miserable the first half of the season was and that's the best thing to do but yeah Madrid definitely do have a trend of you know starting off the first few games like a house on fire as you said looking like everything's going to click into place treble incoming and then it just falls to absolute like no other word to, to really describe it shit it literally falls to shit um and it, then it's just like absolute crisis for a couple of months sack the manager get rid of everybody, uh, literally just start the squad again. And then it hits January and they seem to turn it around. But um, I think, again, and I hate, to, I, I really hate to say this because I don't like him, but I think Solari's kind of ideas of letting the players express themselves and he's really sort of um, putting on a, a, like a nice sort of fluid attack at the moment, which is really starting to come into its own. I mean, players like Vinicius and Audrey Rizzoli and people are really thriving in this, idea of just yeah just go and express yourself just run into the ground if you have to mentality seems to be the the strong point that he's drilling into these players at the moment now like you said mentality is important Solari's finally seems to be making decisions that majority of the people not to say that they were wrong decisions to begin with but majority of the people are finally starting to become akin to and appreciating and kind of understanding now while there's so many great things to talk about about Real Madrid well not maybe so many but there's more than there were at least two or three months ago who is one person that you feel has just not done enough and I'm not talking about people from you know the Castilla or the Academy or anything like that like Fetty or you know Regulon or any any of those guys of course those guys still need the time to grow and develop and mature but who's someone to you that's just not really you know I don't know the cream of the crop, so to speak, right now, and should be, and should be, and has been the last few seasons. Marcelo has to be the first and foremost name at the front of my list. He's not been himself anywhere close to it this season. Um, he, he has such a like Jekyll and Hyde game. Just uh, again, yes, yes, with, with yesterday's game, he 
left a massive gap over for Lozano just to come skipping across the field and you know tap the ball in. And we've seen that time and time again this season. Then later into the game, all of a sudden he's you know bombing up and down the flank, sticking cha- challenges in, putting in you know sweeping crosses into the box. Just like why can't this guy do this consistently game to game? start to finish of each 90 minutes. It's, it's really frustrating. He's one of a few, I'd say, definitely. Um, the other one, I know it might be a bit harsh to say it, I'd say definitely Gareth Bale. Even before he got injured, he just wasn't doing enough. Tunis was meant to be his whole breakout season and you had people saying he's been held back by the fact that Ronaldo was in the team, but now he's gone. He's still not really stepped up You know, to the expectation of an £85 million player, at least, anyway. Those are the, the the top two I can think of. There's other ones as well, like to a lesser degree. So you know, your Marco Asensio's and people like that. But again, I think it was foolish to think that he was going to make that step up to be the man this year. He 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 never he's never showed the consistency to do it before. So I don't know where people thought he was suddenly going to show it now. Um, but yeah, those are my few. What about yourself? Uh, I, I would I would have to just double up on Marcelo for sure. Like he's a player that I obviously appreciate. I love to see play. Uh, you know his, his playing style. He's Brazilian after all. He's a Brazilian wing back on top of that. But like, it, it's just it's not. It's just not cutting it. It's like he's not from the same piece of cloth that he was last year. I mean, n- I'm not trying to discredit Regulon at all. But the fact that you have that kid going a Ahead of you in the starting eleven at Real Madrid, there's not any other team in the world. This is Real Madrid is kind of it's kind of scary, and you know some some sources will state that there's a rift between uh, you know between Marcelo and Solari, and maybe that Marcelo wants to leave. But then you hear Marcelo come out and he says, "No, you know that's not true. I, I want to stay here. I want to work hard. I'm a part of this team. I love this club. Yada yada yada." You know. Marcelo embodies like what it really means to be a Madrid player and a fan, um, but of course, like you said, you just wanted to see him do well. And that that poor form, I think even yesterday, you, you said it in the group chat. Well, there it goes again, having Marcelo play. So yeah, it's it's frustrating. Like you know the capabilities there, but you don't know whether it's poor form or physical decline or what. It's it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's going on. He's just not himself, clearly. I don't know whether it's maybe because he's missing Ronaldo on the left flank, but I mean, he's starting to link with Vinicius more and more each game that they play together, but it's not been regularly enough for them to really click. Well, it will be interesting to see if he gets a start on Sunday and then in the second leg against Girona next week. Um, now... Well, we said that was the last game. The next game is going to be against Espanyol. That's on Sunday. Uh, hasn't always been an easy team to go up against. Currently, Espanyol sit 13th in the table. Uh, they, of course, have also played 20 games, won seven, drawn three, and lost 10 of those. Uh, they have a negative nine goal difference. Uh, so, obviously, some trouble in the back. They scored 21 goals and had 30 conceded against them. So it's not like they're doing too wonderfully uh, this season. But do you think this is a match that Madrid will easily win? Or is this another one of those be cautious because you never know? How many times do I feel like I said that this season? Yeah, at the bottom of the table, we should beat them this season and we're going there. And we seem to make a right hash of it. It was a loaded um, 
And that's exactly why I asked you that. I mean, if, if you go just on the pure basis of on paper, this shouldn't be as tricky as it, it probably will be. I mean, not to discredit Espanyol, they're a tough side, but um, they're not the same side as they were in years gone by, having lost Gerard Mourinho this season to Villarreal, uh, who was their main goal scorer. And that reflects in the fact that they've not... How many goals they've scored? Not many at all, is it? Yeah, it's uh, one they've scored and 38 goals. Yeah, so again, 21 goals, which is, you know, it's not a huge amount. It's one of the fewest in the league. I mean, Villarreal, who are in the relegation zone, have scored the same amount. So, there's a lot, really. Well, um, they still do have Sergio Garcia up top, which does pose a threat. So, no, like, definitely can't just chill out just yet, sadly. Yeah, I don't think this is the game, kind of game where you go in and you're like, yeah, roll out the B team and leave it at that. You're definitely to play some. Like, similar to how he went against Hirona, really, um, a mixture of starters and some rotation players in there. Um, so, like, I, I'd be comfortable with something like Avril Jolo playing in this game, for example, something like that, really. Quick take, now that you said starters as opposed to a B team, really quick. As of right now, given the current injury status of the team, whoever's fit, unfit, yada, 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 and inform. And not inform who is your starting eleven from back to front. And are you still playing four three three? Um, yeah, I would stick with four three three just because I don't. As much as I'd, li- I'd like to say the three at the back system that we saw against Real Betis, I was a massive fan of that. Again, credit to Solari, not that he gets a lot of it at the moment, not that he warrants it either. But um, yeah, so it'd be a four three three. So I'd have regular on the left back, Courtois in the net. Um, Na- I was going to say Nacho there, not Nacho, sorry. Uh, Ramos and Varane at the centre-back, Carball at right-back. Um, I'm going to say Casemiro at CDM because I feel like in form he's still better than Lorente is. Um, I'd have Modric and Cruz obviously in the middle. As much as I do love Ceballos, Cruz just controls the game on another level. Uh, I'd have Vinicius left-wing, Benzema on the, in the middle and... It's a toss-up, really, between Vasquez and Isco and out wide, really. I'll stick with Vasquez because I think... I'm not sure how informed Isco would be if he was just to be dropped into the team right about now. Well, or how comfortable he'd be on the flank, really. Yeah, yeah, Isco on the flank doesn't really work out well unless you kind of play that system that Zidane implemented in the 2017 Champions League final against Juventus where, on paper, he started on the right wing, but then every thing kind of got jigged around and then you have Isco playing his diamond in the midfield and he's a happy camper and he essentially does camp but he uh, definitely lights up a nice bonfire in the pitch. It's funny that you mentioned Lucas Vasquez. Well, it's not really funny at all because nobody's going to laugh. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I did see something interesting online. Uh, since Solari took over, Lucas Vasquez has only missed four matches and two of those ended in a defeat. The first one against Abar and the second came in the Champions League against C. SKA Moscow. Uh, well, this is more of an opinion this person added, but it is something that I agree with. He's been contributing a lot to the team with his defensive work and doesn't deserve all the hatred he's getting. He definitely is getting hatred. And one thing that I think many people can appreciate about Lucas, irrespective of if you believe he should get a position on the starting 11 or not, is that he works his ass off. Like over 90 minutes, he is one person whose work rate is absolutely incredible. I think he's 27 years old now. He's very fit. He's always hustling up and down the wing, always receiving balls, always tackling. 
he he does a superb job. Is he the best possible link up with Danny Carvajal on the right wing? No, but he still does a great job. He has great crosses, and he's got pretty decent accuracy. You know, given the the amount of praise or the novelty or clout that he's awarded, I think he's underrated. I don't think he's a superstar. He definitely shouldn't be up for a Ballon d'Or, but he definitely is someone who's clearly, by this stat, is really pushing this team and helping it out more so on the defensive end, which is just as important because good defense, when you know, of course, equals good offense and vice versa. Yeah, I, I go with that. I think he definitely does bring the work rate on the right flank that no other player really does. Bale doesn't bring it, to be honest. Um, and if you play a sense here, I don't think he tracks back as much, anywhere near as much, really. I'd say out of the three of them, he's probably the, the least effective when it comes to being up and back. Um, I think I've seen another stat somewhere not too long ago. It's like since 2015, Lucas is in like the top three assisters in the team. Yeah. Or like most key passes played, something along those lines, um, which shows that, yeah, okay, alongside his work rate, he does genuinely offer you know, some creativity there. Again, I'm not his biggest fan, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's absolutely well-beater, but he's definitely an effective asset to a team that you'd, you'd want there just to change it up a bit. Well, just to be a shit disturber, I literally would go with the same starting 11 as you, but just to be annoying, uh, throwing out a hypothetical situation, what if instead of Benzema, you have Vinny up top kind of playing like that false nine kind of weird role because you know he can just like crank it from like 20 yards out and he can finish. He can't like his movement's superb. He's got good pace on him. And it, I would say for his age, his IQ is, is pretty solid. So you have Isco on the left, Vinicius, and then Lucas Vasquez. Uh, I wouldn't oppose that. I'd like to see that sort of uh, experimented with at some point. Um, Vinicius definitely can play a false night. I, I feel he can. I mean, he's sort of done it a couple of times this season where he's partnered Benzema up top and he's kind of just floated. Um, and he's been pretty effective at it. He's just effective regardless in the third, final third. Like, he's just, it's, I'm absolutely like, I expected big things from him. I had a feeling he was going to be a good player, but like I think he's even expe- exceeded my expectations of him, anyways. Um, he's just he's got, you know, as you mentioned, IQ beyond his years. He's got ridiculous pace. His pace is frightening. Um, his dribbling is good. His tenacity just to continually take people on. His fearlessness. Uh, he doesn't let his head drop, even when he's not successful in taking somebody on or with a shot. He'll come back again, and he'll come back again, and he'll come back again. And we need that in the team. Well, I, like, of course, I definitely agree. Um, uh, initially, though, I thought it was absurd to pay this much for such a young kid. I was like, this is insane. I don't Probably know what the hell. Uh, yeah, exactly. But now that we talked about Lucas Vasquez, and now we're on to Vinicius, just some interesting stats that I'm checking out on Transfer Market. So Vinny is actually our leading assister, which is absolutely mental. He's got nine assists. You did, you know, lot Oriavola earlier for his game against Girona. He's great. He's the second uh, leading assister with seven assists himself. Lucas Vasquez is sixth in assist. Four people are tied for fifth. But Lucas has three himself, which is, you know, I think that's uh, is pretty good considering the minutes that he's played. Uh, he's played just under 1,700 minutes. A lot of the other starting 11 guys have played over 2,000. Uh, 300 minutes may not seem like a lot, but do the math, and it actually is. Uh, in terms of scoring, 
Lucas is also our fourth highest scorer with four goals. So four goals and three assists in 28 games may not sound like yeah, the best stats, but again, it's, it's not a world beater, but it's good I, enough, isn't it? Good it, enough. Exactly. That's essentially what it is. And given out of those 28 appearances he's made, 10 of them have been uh, substitutions into the game. So you gotta, you gotta pick and choose, you know, yeah, the interesting stat would be to see where the goals and assists um, were made. Were they made as a result of coming off the bench? Were they from starting? That's one thing I'd like to see, to be fair. So we could, we could see, you know, how good he is as a starter and how good he is as an impact sub. Well, that's, uh, that's something I'll definitely look up for the next podcast because it'll probably take me a bit longer. But anyways, <laughs> um, again, next game is against Espanyol. Any last bits you want to throw in there before we move on to the question corner? Uh, no, no, something else I can think of, really. Well, there you guys have it. That is the end of our podcast. We're finally back. We're going to be doing a question corner really, really soon, which we're going to drop in the next couple of days. We might do it uh, just after the Espanol game and then do another podcast on that game and looking ahead to the Girona game, which is going to be the second leg of that Copa del Rey, which will be played away. Um, anyway, there you have it. That was it. We recapped what's happened. We recapped the transfer market. Uh, we will be looking for questions for our next next question corner. Uh, but even then, don't wait for question corner. Just drop us some questions. We'd love to hear them. We'd love to answer them on Twitter uh, as well as in our articles and on the podcast. Hope you have a wonderful day, night, evening, morning. I don't know. Whatever you're doing, going for a run. Uh, enjoy. And as always, I love Madrid.